Talk about everything and nothing at the same time Catch us Tuesday afternoon when it goes live Always bringing something different each and every time You know that, you know that Talk about everything and nothing at the same time Catch us Tuesday afternoon when it goes live Always bringing something different each and every time You know that, you know that, you know that All right, and we are back. What, what's up, guys? We are here with episode 47 of the Wet Down podcast featuring our good buddy, Drew Morales. Drew, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, buddy? Thank you for having me here. Yeah, welcome. How, how, how's life treating you down in Queens? Um, I, you, know, you know, New York, it's, uh, it's, it's fun depending on where you live, right? I mean, you could either be living in a box costing like four thousand a month around a whole bunch of crazy people <laughs> or, or you could be in a good area granted god gave you exactly what you work for and life is easy and fast dude i'm from upstate i'm from a little town outside of albany and oh my god i cannot stand being in the city like i i literally can't spend more than three days in the city like too many people too much noise too much going on i just need to need to escape it yeah it, it could get real crazy real fast especially uh if you're just uh, walking through, I mean, it, I, I once read an article of how they were talking about, what was it? Uh, people just passing through, travelers uh, visiting New York City, how they interrupt the flow of the average New Yorker, right? Because we go like 900 miles per hour, right? Once we go from one location to the next, there's no stop in between. And then you got these people who are just like snapping pictures and they stop in the middle of this huge walkway. <laughs> It's funny you say that because um my and my friends they're I, I walk super fast and my friends hate it and I I've I've been to New York quite a few times growing up so I know like you, you just keep moving keep walking fast and what my normal walking is like apparently speed walking to some people mm. so they'll, they'll they'll call it walking at Dustin pace they'll be like oh I, I really had to hurry up so I had to walk at Dustin pace to to class. But no, dude, I, I, I get it. Like I, tunnel vision, laser beam. Don't talk to me. I, I, I completely get it. I have the New York mindset in that regard, yeah. but like, I, 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 I just can't, I could not live there. That's, that's why most people move to the South, right? Down to Florida to just relax. <laughs> and, and then, and then they bring the bad habits with them. They'll race to the next red light. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Floridians don't know how to drive already. And then adding New Yorkers to that, it's yeah, a bad yeah. combo. Well, listen, I, I have a saying about like people, Northeast drivers, because we're all a different kind of bad. New York drivers, we're aggressively bad. So mm. like, if you if you just get out of someone's way, you're good. Just get out of their way, let them go, you're, you'll be fine. Whereas people in like Connecticut and New Jersey just straight up don't know how to drive. And... People from Massachusetts, and yes, I am making all of these general generalizations. People from Massachusetts, they just think they're entitled to the whole road. Mm. Like they'll they could be a quarter mile from their exit, bumper to bumper traffic. They're in the left lane. Oh shit, this is my exit. Everybody get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> and don't tell me that I'm wrong because you all know it's true. <laughs> well, or don't have the patience to wait and in line for like 30 minutes because people don't know how to merge if people knew how to merge there wouldn't be that big of a problem but Dude. because people are so impatient they want to cut the line so they drive all the way to the side 
the like, state the of Connecticut one. talking about speaking of merging the state of Connecticut sets people up for failure because at least getting on the merit you have to I don't know if you've uh driven on the merit in Connecticut or or whatnot or if any of our listeners have, but you stay away from here, they'll tax you. Literally, there's a stop sign getting onto the highway, and then you have to floor it to find when you find a little gap to get in. It is the worst. It's my favorite seeing the asshole that creeps up behind that person, and then they have to hit their brakes because they weren't judging it or they weren't paying attention. They're all looking back, looking over their shoulder, wondering what the hell's gonna happen, and all of a sudden, boom. And they hit the car in front of them and they're like, you just hit my car. And it's always like a Lexus and a BMW. It's always like either a really like two really nice cars or two mm. really shitty cars that shouldn't even be on the road. It's never anything in between. And it's mm-hmm. usually just like some lady very, very upset and crying. And some guy just being like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, did this really just happen? He's like, I just <laughs> yeah, like, dude, I had, dude, I had to give, I had to tell somebody he was number one uh, yesterday. I was driving all of us to the winery. I was the DD or the cidery, whatever the hell it was. I was the designated driver and had to hop on and found a little, little sliver. And some guy had to slow down and he wasn't happy. He had to slow down and gave me a honk. So I, as he drove by, I told him he was number one. Do they still card you? No. Well, some no. places, but not really. Oh man, dude. Like you, you just look so young. Like it should be like, I feel like it should happen all the time to you, but I feel like it doesn't. Cause I, you never complain about it. So I guess it well, doesn't I, happen as often as I, I would like think. Get, you act like you're supposed to be there. Yeah, I guess People you're right. Really... Facts. Facts. Yeah. There's, yeah, but... there's less heroes in the world now, I guess, behind the counter. <laughs> Dude, I wasn't getting car- There were times I wouldn't get carded when I was under 21 and I went to the liquor store. Yeah, I guess you're right. Justin, I, I didn't get carded when I was 11 years old here in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I mean, dude, you said you're in Queens, right? You've been seeing any of the the, the shooting of 50 going on down there doing power because they're filming right now all in that area. Have yeah, you been yeah. running no, into no. it I've, or seeing it? No, I've been so crazy busy with uh, projects. Honestly, like it's I literally it's either I'm in my home office. I'm downstairs in a restaurant or I rent out space in a we work if there's construction nearby and, and I just want to be my own world literally just been like tunnel vision like like what we said at the beginning like the mm-hmm. world could be coming to an end and i'm still like i got a deadline on this project right yeah. <laughs> just like this Dude, new york hustle man and my my i've been walking through the parking lot and my girlfriend's like called me we just happened to pull in at the same time and she's called me and i said listen if you if i had put my airpods in you weren't gonna catch me yeah <laughs> like just off and gone. <laughs> basically, basically. I, mean, I walked right by somebody I knew. I walked right by somebody I knew, and they're like, "Why didn't you say hi to me?" I passed you on the way to class. I was like, "Didn't see you." Yeah, I had that problem a lot. Everybody always asked why I was mad. I was like, "This is just my face." Like it's, <laughs> like it's really not. Do I look that mad all the time now? I don't know. Like when I have a beard, I get told I look angrier all the time for some reason. Like I'm not mad. I just look angry. In like part Captain Price, I guess to these guys. Well, to Kevin, maybe Dookie, I don't know. They say I look like Captain Price, so maybe this year for Halloween. I'm, you I'm look like a young Captain Price, dude. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Bravo 6 going dark kind of guy. You did, I mean, you shaved your beard up. Uh, and, and you I'm, trimmed it like him? Yeah. I should. I should have to do that, huh? Let's do yeah, it. Maybe, maybe for Halloween this year. And a cigar, you'll be fine. Throw oh, a booty hat and a stogan there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
which we're not allowed done. to do video game characters in my house this year. My kids, we, we kind of cut that off because everybody every year it's I want to be Mario. OK, can't be Mario. I'll be Wario. OK, I can't be him. Cool. I'll be Luigi now because I wasn't any of the other ones. <laughs> so he just mixes it up so he can be everybody. It's not fair. So at no least he's video. being vintage and he's not like it could be worse. He could be dressing up as one of those Mortal Kombat characters or it's Fortnite. Not bad, though. Have, like, have like a head in his hand. Uh, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I played, I went as Scorpion one year and I was a kid. Mortal Kombat was the shit when I was growing up. Yeah. Like, like yep. I don't know how old you are, Drew. I'm 33. So, like, you think about, I got you, think you about, about a few years, brother. All right. So, you know, Sega Genesis was, go, was, was crazy back then. Like, the actual yeah, yeah, Mortal yeah. Kombat movie, not none of these remakes. I shit. saw that in a drive in. Yeah, man. When it oh, came out, cool. I saw it in a drive in when it came out. Yeah. Uh. Dude, yeah, no, I, I I snuck into the movie theaters, and it wasn't hard to do so back in the day. I, no, it, dude, it, I would sneak into movie you. theaters with my grandma. We would go see like some movie I wanted to see, some like relatively kids movie, PG PG thirteen or whatever. Like Don and then little with Eddie Murphy. Something stupid like that, and that and then she'd be like, "Hey, you, you uh, I always watch horror movies with her, and she'd be like, "Hey, you want to go watch like." I don't know, darkness of death or whatever. You want to go sneak in? And I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. And we would go sneak in. It was hilarious. So your grandmother is like the wild one of your family then, right? Mm. Dude, not even. Like, she, it, it's funny because we always joke that she doesn't have a sense of humor. You could tell her like the funniest joke and she'll be like, I don't get it. That's okay. I, she doesn't, I, that just I, I means she doesn't get the joke, but give her an edible and see where it goes. I would love to see, she, she'd be, she would think she's having a stroke or something. My grandfather oh. used to give the telephone to my grandmother when she had, when she was going through the early stages of dementia, like he used to give the, like the telemarketers would call and she would talk to him at dinner time, and the, he, he, she'd keep him on the phone forever. And then after a while they stopped calling. It was really interesting, dude. Like she would just sit there and talk away, and these people they have no clue. She wasn't. She just talked gibberish. Like, how you doing, Chris? Like, how's things? How's things been, dude? I would. I would absolutely do that these days if it wasn't all automated. I mean, those no, people are still no. hunting me down for that warranty on my car, man. Yeah, the, 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 before, the cars don't have warranties now. Before I'll, you fly I'll, I'll knock on this. I'll knock on Tanner's door, just poke my head around the corner and be like, excuse me, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> but before you fly over this, it's all fun and games until you eat an edible by accident <laughs> for See, your very first time. And I'm then one you of those people at that. I'm one of those people that would like to do the roulette one, like have one brownie that's like super strong and like maybe mm. a thousand milligram brownie, right? Mm-hmm. And you just put that in the middle of all the brownies and everybody has to eat a brownie in the room. And then we figure out who that person is. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like that would be a good experience. I don't know. Anybody's interested in doing that. I'm down. Sign me up. We can have some fun. I do that with shrooms. That sounds good. My friends have tried to get me into shrooms and acid. I, they've tried to convince me to try it. I I have never, I have never tried it. Like I, I, it freaks me out because I, I just feel like I'd have a bad trip. I I can't, I can't get into the psychedelic stuff. Never tried it. I'm I'm, code. I'm too much of a vagina to do it, dude. Yeah, I, f- I would say I, I the only thing I'd be interested in doing, but it'd have to come from like a doctor and I'd need people standing by because I'm afraid of what's going to happen. And I'd want to be videotaped DMT. just because, yeah, dude, like the toad itself, yeah. like Mike Tyson. I don't know. He's like, dude, 
I've done it like eight times. And he goes, each time I meet a new demon, I was like, Jesus Christ, that's what I need. That's exactly what I want to do is fucking meet all those guys and come hang out Did with you them. you DMT? Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. Like, it, oh, is, is that the shit that Joe Rogan does? Uh, no. What do you mean? Is it? I, I don't know. know. He's on, the he does DMT something. One? I'm thinking yeah, that's, that's the one that it is. That's the, the people. I'm talking about the toad, man. The toad is the wild. I don't know what like, that is, dude. I'm like, so you gotta Google it, man. They take like, the venom of a toad, and it's it's a hallucinogen. It's super it's super potent, but it's only like ten minutes that this thing that it goes. But like through it, you die and you're reborn and you die again and you're reborn. Nah, dude, and I don't know. I just out, feel like, like that's no. Nah, that's I, I don't got time for, for me. That. I, 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 I couldn't do anything. I got of that time stuff, to die. Dude. I got shit to do. I'd come out and just be looking around like, what the fuck is real anymore? Like, where's the red pill? Where's the blue pill? Come on, Neil. Dude, I have a friend who like, Where are you guys? I have a buddy from back home who's a who loves acid and always does it. And I swear to God, I, th- some days this dude is a shell of a person, and other days he's like the most insightful human being ever. And it's crazy. Well, but I don't know. It, that, that, that's the thing about like those, those drugs that freaks me out. But anyways, I think uh, I think this is a good place to head into our break. We'll be back in one minute and we're going to talk drugs. about Drew and his story and all the cool things that he's doing for people around the world. All right. Stay tuned. This is episode 46 of The Wet Down. And we are back with The Wet Down, episode 47 with drew morales drew welcome back to the show buddy what's up champ it's a pleasure being here yeah i'm I'm really looking forward to some of these stories hearing your story how you got to where you are now and so everything else uh i'm a big story guy i love it when people tell stories so really looking forward to getting into that so you do a lot of you help a lot of entrepreneurs to get to where they want to be and we can jump into that more specifically later but uh, what? Who are you, man? T- tell tell us about you. you. Can start from yesterday or the day you were born. In, in uh, the great words of Captain America, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn, right? I know it's kind of cliche, but <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> right? oh, I love um, it. You know, born and raised in Brooklyn, uh, lived a hard nut life, but not the traditional hard nut life story, right? Like, um, I was known as a ping pong in the family or a black sheep. Right. I'm the baby in the family, uh, four brothers, uh, three sisters, not very close to them, unfortunately, because I wasn't raised with them. I was raised in foster cares, group homes. And uh, when I was young, around 10 years old, I remember bouncing from Florida to uh, don't even ask me how I got that. I don't know the, the ping pong game is serious, right across uh, states lines. But when I was Back in New York at 10 years old, I went through some serious, serious physical abuse, right? I mean, it was, uh, it was insane to the point where you don't feel safe at home because your caretakers would abuse you, right? Or even like uh, one of my uh, primos, like one of my cousins, right? He was having a, a, a really rough day for whatever reason, and wasn't, he wasn't really good in the head. And we were arguing and I'm, you know, this small, short, uh, chubby kid and I'm sitting down. We're living in the basement apartment and he decides from watching so much WWF back in the days. Right. Oh, yeah. 
Just, just, remember that? <laughs> yeah. Give me one of those. Jeff Hardy off the top rope. Go no, for no, it. No, no, no. He gave me <laughs> Swan one of those, diving in. No, no. He gave me one of those Undertaker big boots. Oh, oh except it was a geez. real boot right to the face. Yeah, a steel toe boot to the face. And unfortunately, the back of my, my head cracked the window. Right. And to my surprise, when I woke up, I woke up in my own blood. A house full of people. I woke up in my own blood. You know, and I had to clean the floor. And I had to go wash my head, you know, and I had to continue my day. I had a concussion, you know, and there was no one to save me from that situation. So eventually I grabbed my shit. I was like, I'm out of here. I don't know what the fuck I'm going, but it can't be here. So at 10 years old, I bounced. Yep. And uh, for about three and a half months, I was homeless in New York, like visiting friends, family, telling them, hey, don't don't tell anybody uh, what's going on. And the other friends didn't know what was going on. They thought I was just visiting. I would shower in their house and stuff like that. I would uh, go to corner bodegas and I would actually like steal bread and run out the store. And I remember one time I had did this in front of a, a gang member who had a great relationship with the bodega. And this guy was affiliated with the Rough Riders back then, the street gang. And the guy walks up to me, he says, hey, um, do you really need that? I said, yeah, I haven't eaten. He goes, okay, well, you know, you can lose your life stealing from the wrong place. I said, well, if you call this living, you could take it. And he looks at me and he, you could tell like he was older, way mature, but he saw a kid who was lost and desperate. Right. With no shits given, just like living day to day. So he's like, All right, you know, what? I'm going to take you on the on the wing, but we're going to have to walk into the shop first. So we walk in and then he introduces me to the owner and offers me a job to mop and sweep the floors. And I would get paid in food. I was like, shit, that's a win win. You know, I didn't know child labor was against laws back in the days, but I was like, yeah. You were just one of the family, dude. What are you talking man. about? Like, you're, uh, you're the long-lost cousin's food. son. Like, that's it. You're <laughs> just working for the working for the family now. You're good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Well, he was telling the cops then. That's what he's like, what? My cousin's here. My, he told me to give him a job for the summer. It's winter. Yeah, I know, but he's exactly, going to be here exactly. in the summer, so I'm letting him work now. It's fine. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, I would sleep on the, in, inside the, the subway train station. It's crazy because... When I think of it now as an adult, I was a 10 year old with a hoodie and a book bag, which had my clothes in it. And I would sleep on the trains, right? I would take the F train from Coney Island, Brooklyn, New York, all the way to the other side of Queens, right? And that's like a, at night, it's like a four or five hour ride, right? And I would get a good amount of sleep before I have to switch the train and then sleep going back, you know? And no one ever stopped me. No one ever approached me, no adult, no cop, no nothing. People just let me be, which, kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the culture of New York. People just walk with their blinders, right? Yeah. You have whatever's going on. They don't give a shit, right? They, yeah. they need to focus on their life. They got problems of their own. Yeah, it's you a know? very cutthroat city. Very mind your own business. Don't get involved with anything that doesn't concern you. Yeah, basically, basically. And then um, from there, obviously, like, a, you can't hide uh, from the cops forever, right? So, they had caught me at my school. I remember this. I was at my middle school in the playground selling cigarettes, 25 cents per cigarette to the students and to the teachers. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yo, wait, 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 wait. Yo, hold up. The teachers? Yeah, yeah man. This isn't this is the teachers, teacher city. Don't say this is, 
This isn't this isn't anywhere fucking where we're from. I'll tell you that. This is a, this is a, this is a cent bar. That's a fucking that. bargain. I ain't saying shit. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's this like is... you're getting an A in my class, kid. <laughs> this is why Kevin can't teach. <laughs> Definitely not post and kill New York, upstate, forty five hundred people in the in the town. Yeah, yeah. I I, I learned uh, the entrepreneur. Uh, entrepreneurship and the sales game really early early what a on, fucking right? way to do it dude jesus <laughs> actually uh, so, so the way i started was um i found a pack of cigarettes right and i don't smoke i'm not i'm not a fan of smoke cigarettes so i tried it one time i choked and i was like oh i'm good for that i don't need to be cool i don't care what other people think All right yeah. so <laughs> just sell it you don't smoke it <laughs> kevin you're really cool every time you smoke buddy <laughs> oh yeah thanks i i, I look yeah. at you and i'm like damn i wish i was as cool as that kid right there i know right i even got like one of those little candy cigarettes that you would get as a kid just so i could look cool and fit in with everybody else yeah <laughs> you gotta get one of those things from like stick dude like you gotta get one of those things from like the 20s that know. like the the really rich chicks would uh would smoke from that they stick the cigarette in the end it looks like nah, a dude. really long you want to be pencil. sassy Get some misties. That's how you become a little bitch, right there. Just have oh, a misty. <laughs> My mom smoked those, dude. <laughs> What's the point of that? It's the same cigarette if you had a short, but it's just forty-four feet long and it just sticks out the tip of your thing. It's like, hey, what's going on, Pinocchio? How you doing? <laughs> it's just, yeah. Oh my god, we are so we're 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 so off there. We're no, we're not. We're on this, like really hard. He's telling no, this really dude. heartfelt story, and we're. <laughs> it's not even that at all because it's the. the the story is, is man it's a hustle like he's yeah, a that's hustler exactly yeah. that's exactly what it is right like and we're having fun with it so i yeah, mean it's look at, at the end of the day i mean for me even as a kid i never cared to fit in or to be liked by everybody else for me it was always about i don't want to look rich i want to have money in my pocket so i can eat rich right yeah. i don't i never care steak and about, lobster every exactly. night well i can't eat lobster i'll die i'm allergic to shellfish right but Aaron, <laughs> which i right, found out the hard man. way I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> jesus christ i can't have mushrooms dude so i'm right there with you man anybody want to kill me just drop a mushroom on a pizza and i'm fucked yeah, i'm making beef stroganoff this weekend Aaron. if you want to come by oh uh, yeah thanks that's dude up. that's a setup but but um going back to to the story so what happened next was after I found out I, I sold it, I didn't use the money that I earned from that. I went ahead and I bought another pack of cigarettes, actually two packs of cigarettes. Cause back in the day it was, it was like what? 150 for a pack of Newports. Yeah. That was 1994. Right. So just so, so everybody wants to know right after that, the taxes <laughs> came in and it was four, pa- four bucks a pack right at that point. Exactly, so. exactly. And then from there, when I sold that, I, I, I went back to the, the guy who helped me out at the very beginning. Right who had crazy connections. And I started buying cartons of cigarettes from him. And then he noted, like he caught on, he caught on real quick. He noticed that I was selling it to, to different schools. Now I wasn't just selling at one school. I was selling at different schools. Right. Which was probably why I got the attention of the cops. And then ATF um, starts coming knocking on your door. I was going to say, I was going to say, dude, go go back. I want to know what happened when the cop came. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, um, again, I, now I have like three cartons of Newport cigarettes and and one carton a marble in my book bag, right? Cowboy killers. And, <laughs> and I'm in the playground. I'm talking to the gym teacher, right? And I gave him, it was, it was so smooth. I gave him a pack of cigarettes for $4 and one free. 
right? That, that was like my ordeal. Like, let, let's provide more value than what you're asking for. And as a kid, a true was, entrepreneur. Yeah, it's just like hustling around the back. This is my corner of the swing set, bitch. The, the craziest part is that he starts walking away like really fast. I'm like, where the fuck you going, right? Like, like where, where the fuck is my money? And then I turn around and then these two cops walk up to me and they're like, hey, Mr. Morales. I'm like, nope. Oh, he's a snitch, dude. He's a snitch. That's when you, that's when you start speaking only Spanish. <laughs> I didn't know Spanish at the time. I didn't, I'll tell you about uh, that. It's a funny well, my dad, that's what my dad does. It's right. great. So, so, so then, um, you know, the group like, people hate Jim around and watching me. Everyone knows who I am at, at that point. And then, like, they're, they're, they're like, ah, oh, F the police, F the police. And then they cuff me. They put me in the car, take me down to the station. And, you know, they all feel bad because they looked up my records and they, they saw like missing child reports, stuff like that. And they're like, hey, were you kidnapped? And I was like, no, I ran away because, like, oh, we could bring you back home. I was like, no, I don't want to go home. You can send me anywhere else. But that's not home. Right. I refuse to go back. So then from there to no. put me in foster care. And this is where the real fucking fun happened. Right. So are you familiar with the term blanket party? Oh yeah, dude. Um, yeah, fucking terrible. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, listeners, but let's do it. All right. So, View- viewer discretion is advised. There's <laughs> always a disclaimer on every episode, so there it is. <laughs> yeah. literally, do, literally every episode, right. we have to throw a disclaimer in. Guy, guy. So, I I'm in his new uh, group home in uh in Staten Island, right? And I'm the new kid in the house. And, and at that time, I was an introvert. Right? So I, I didn't really. I, and the thing is, I wasn't scared to talk to anybody. I just didn't want to talk to anyone because I wasn't familiar with my surroundings. Right. I was always observing. So then um, I noticed that, like, the kids were very distant to me. They didn't really talk to me. And then I woke up probably like 1 a.m. And it felt like I was tied down to my bed by my own sheets. And when I look to my left, I see a, a kid laughing. He has one side of the sheets of the bed holding down. And then the other kid has the other side. And then the other kids start running in and they all have like different types of tools in their socks and they just start whacking me. Right. And beating the crap out of me. And I, I'm like yelling and screaming and I can't figure out why I'm getting fucked up again. Right. I'm like, why does this keep happening to me? God, what did I do to receive such an ass kicking on a daily basis? Because then what would happen? So it, ha- next- it happened a lot. Exactly. Exactly. So what would happen next is the very the very next morning when I woke up, I woke up earlier than all the kids. I had a broom in my hand. I went into everybody's room one after the other and whacked the shit out of them while they were sleeping. <laughs> Right. Well, that probably didn't help your <laughs> reputation. Right. Not, 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 not to victim blame, but that probably didn't help you. Better than him. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, man, I would have gone one step above himself. and gotten an axe or something like that, no, man. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Like, if it's happening every day, like, this is what. No, another disclaimer: what we, 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 do not endorse revenge killings. No, 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 oh, no. no. We well, don't you know, endorse that. I didn't know, you know. And then Just from revenge. there, uh, one of the caretakers, he sat me down. He's like, Drew, this is not how you do it, right? Like, if you have a problem, come talk to us. And then my response was, and as a kid, in my right, I was saying, well, if I would have told you, what would you have done? They're going to punish them. They're going to come at me again. And then I said, who is, I probably watched too many like episodes on on TV back then, but I said, who's the biggest kid in here? And uh, one of the kids did come on. He was big. Oh, man, this guy was big. Like how big? Like, uh, crap. If I was 
five four or five five at the time, he was closer to six feet. Oh and, shit! So if you're like a if you're like a quarterback, he's like the freaking D lineman. Yeah, 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 oh, and God. he weighed like one too. He's a big boy. Oh, goodness. Right, and uh, we got into it because everyone was scared of him, and I right. figured, you know what? If I don't back down from him, they'll just leave me alone. Maybe they're attacking me because of him. Maybe this is like the, their their ritual. So we got into an argument, and I was like, you know what? I don't care if you could beat me up, but I know you could bleed. He said, what you say? I punched him right in his mouth. And the reason why I did that is because I knew as a kid, and I learned this very early in the streets, if a fight is going to happen, why are you going to wait for someone to throw the first punch? Right? Yep. Well, why talk? If you talk too much, it might get punched in your mouth. So I punched the guy in his mouth, right? There's a mentality as a kid who was going in the wrong direction, didn't have any guidance. So don't take this as the gospel of what you should do. Right? I was going to say, dude, I was always the opposite <laughs> way. I, I would jaw. I was a little shit, dude. I was, I'm not even going to lie. I was a little was? shit. I would always, I would, I would jaw, I would jaw off and I, and I would hope somebody would throw the first punch. So they'd be the one to get fucking in trouble. I did this in high school and middle school. I always college. wanted someone to throw first so I could be like, Hey man. Your roommates, college. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I still do that. Nah, for me, it's because I've been through so much violence. I was always trying to avoid it, right? But it didn't matter because wherever I went, it, it followed, right? Like, even in the school, I got jumped in the school by a school gang, which which delayed me from dropping off a package because at that time, because living in the streets, I used to also hustle. I would sell beepers, pagers, right? Back in the day. I would, what's a pager man <laughs> I had one for all of six weeks and then my parents gave me a nokia phone to play snake on that motherfucker <laughs> i used to <laughs> nokia phone i got too. t9 bitch i can dude, i can communicate in t9 destroyed. with all of you <laughs> yeah, yeah dude i hustled that i hustled uh weed i hustled uh uh pills it got to the point where i was actually pushing uh the powder as well but I, for me, uh, I've never had any interest of trying it. I always had good discipline. To this day, I never did any of that except for uh, the green. <laughs> right. And one day I, I, it, I was having such a bad week, actually. I got robbed at a drop point. All I had to do was drop, like drop off the bag. It was probably like $5,000 worth of stuff. And back then, I mean, 5000 is always a lot of money. Back then it's even more. Right. Yeah. I get jumped in the hallway so bad that I wake up in a hospital room, right? And I, all the nurses know me by name at that point because I've been there so many times. In fact, I knew my nurses and doctors better than I knew my teachers growing up, right? <laughs> Unfortunately. And um, when my superior at that time, who was like coaching me through the process, my street mentor, if you, if you may, he was furious, right? And he, he, had, he told me, he's like, I had a bad feeling about it. He told his business partners I shouldn't do the deal. And like we grew this brotherly bond, right? So he felt like he my life was, you know, almost taken. Two days so, later, so I go to he wasn't mad at you because no. you got beat up and I assume lost the money. Yeah. He was mad he, put he was that mad on that him. you got put in that position. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like in the movies, like they, they penalize you and all this shit. And then you got to go get the their money. money back. Don't worry. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah. No, yeah. The more like you get it back. More like it's going to come back three or four times <laughs> what you took. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah, these are the same people breaking your house, put a gun in your mouth in front of your mother. They don't care. Right. So and then uh, kiss their mother when they get home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, guess what I did yeah, today. But uh, the, the literally two days later, I go to school. 
and um, I'm dating like this, this hot Latina and some of the kids get jealous and they're the school gang. So they decide to jump me at the school. It was like, if you don't mind me interrupting, how old are you at this point? I was probably around 16. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I was just confused. Cause you were just 11. Yeah. 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 You're just, just skipping. Right. <laughs> just skipping ahead. He's skipping right along, dude. He's going right, right to the good foot, right to the right to the meat and potatoes. <laughs> I was like, shit, yeah. he's saying the chick at eleven? Damn. I mean, he's Drew. Look at him. He's a stud. <laughs> I mean, I for the, our YouTube, our YouTubers and the people that look him up on Instagram, he dresses actually, fine, man. He knows his shit. Chucky and him. <laughs> we got some put Chucky and him in a room on. together. Yeah, put yeah, some, dude, some eye candy on the right podcast today. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But but um, at, uh, around that uh, around that time there was probably like around 20 kids from that school game who jumped me right and then then i didn't want to leave my house not because i was scared because i was so mad at the world right and then my superior called the house right so it was a landline i picked up the phone and he's like hey you you you, you gonna work today i was like no i can't and i told him what happened he's like fuck i tell you he starts yelling at me i'm tired of shit da, da, da. what do you have the devil's name on your back what the hell's going on you got a target on your head what'd you do drew i said i, I was born <laughs> like I didn't do nothing. He's I like, I'm coming bitch. down there Friday. You're gonna show me who those people are, and we're gonna settle this, and that's that. I'm like, okay, bet. Friday comes. I meet up with them. They pull up in six vans, and I'm like, I thought this was just you. He's like, say yeah. that again. Six vans. They pull up oh to the school God. in front of the school in six vans. Nothing but shit, grown please. men come out of those cars. Suit and ties too. What? No, no, no. Just street, nah, street, nah. street wear. Straight street oh, wear. Straight hood guys. Nice. Yeah, and I, I'm like, uh, before you realize you fucked up and you shit your pants. No, me, no, no, not me. I, I didn't. No, they, they did. Not, not you. No, they didn't even see them yet. They didn't even see them. Oh, yet. have no idea. That'd be right? enough to strike the fear of God into me, dude. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's over there. He's like, fuck, dude. He's like, I can't. He's sweating so like, you're gonna pat himself. Fucking yeah. thinking about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about growing up in Long Beach, seeing that shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go the other fucking way. I'm out of here. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, this is me. This this is how I do when I'm mad. And I say, okay, well, what do we do right now? And he pulls out a kitchen knife. I said, no, we're not doing that. I said, I can't be a part of that. He's like, okay, you're right. He puts it away. He's like, but show me who did it. And I look and I actually see one of those idiots outside, right? Smoking a cigarette, you know, try, trying to jab with a girl and i'm like yeah that's one of them right there he's like okay this is what we're gonna do we're gonna go take care of him and then we're gonna go in your school before the bell rings and we're gonna run up to every single classroom that these idiots are we're gonna take care of them i'm like okay and i I was so frustrated at that at that point and so mad at the world i was like whatever happens happens and what did happen was extremely horrible we ran through that whole school, running into classrooms, knocking kids over the head with textbooks. Teachers got involved. They got clotheslined. Security guard like ran into a closet. He's like, no, fuck this. Right. It was <laughs> crazy. We were chasing people down the hallways. And then when, once I found the guy who initiated the whole thing, I cornered him for one on one. Right. Because like, for me, it was always like, let's keep it fair. And then before I could take the first punch, I get pushed to the side by my superior and four of the guys grab him, throw him off the door, pick him up, throw him against the trash and then throw him inside the dumpster. 
right? Head first, right? And and, and it, it was crazy. Like cops were were there. It was Dude, that's crazy. like a fucking movie. It was wild. It, it was fucking wild. And then from there, um, I went back to the to the group home I was staying at. Um, obviously I didn't wear a mask and everything, so everyone everyone knew I I had some heavy foot into it. And uh, the cops came over. They wrote a report. Obviously, I didn't say anything. And they left. But then I heard from a friend of mine who came over. He was like, hey, you know that kid that started the whole thing you guys smashed up? I was like, yeah, why? What happened? He's like, yeah, we seen, we seen him on the bus, bro. Like, you guys almost ripped off his nose. It's It was crazy. And we were surprised he didn't go to the hospital. Like, he literally just went home. His nose just hanging off the side of his face. It was, it was, I didn't see it, but it, <laughs> the way he explained it sounded crazy. Ugh. And like in my heart, I felt bad because I don't want to be a part of all this, right? Like for me, I'm not a violent person at all, right? But it doesn't sound like it, but in, in my hearts of hearts, like I hated fighting. I, I, I want to stay away from it as much as humanly possible, you know? Mm. Um, but I also hated bullies, you know? So from there, um, the main guy from the foster care, he's like, hey, Drew, we're going to have to uh, make some moves. You can't stay here anymore. I said, all right, well, you know, I'm accustomed to that. All right? Where are we moving next? He's like, I'll tell you in the morning. I wake up. He's like, hey, we're going to go for a drive. And they drive me all the way up to Yonkers to this uh, facility called Lincoln Watts facility. In short summary, is basically the place where the kids go who have nowhere to go. It's either this or prison or death. Right. So I'm out there and the it's it's like you have these little houses, these little huts where there's like smaller group homes. The boys on one side, girls on the other side, schools on the campus. There's no reason for to leave. Basketballs on campus, everything is campus. If you look, there's a giant gate. Right. And everyone has to be checked in and out. It's like a jail cell. Right. And I remember my very first day. Um, I had no idea who this guy was. But I promised myself I am not going to start fighting and I'm not, and I'm not going to start with people bullying me. And this this was a big guy. I don't know how I always run into the biggest freaking guys, but this was a big guy. And we start talking in the kitchen. He's like, you know, uh, you're going to have to hold yourself here because there's a lot of bloods and crips here. I said, I don't care. I'm not gang related. He's like, that's not what we hear. We hear that you're rough rider. I said, I'm not gang related. I'm not gang related. I'm not drug related. I'm just me. And that's all I want to be right now. If you don't mind me asking a question. So you said the gang you were in was Rough Riders, right? Yeah. I'm not familiar with gangs outside of the big ones. So how big or how notorious of a gang was this? I think DMX, Jadakiss. Yeah, it was like DMX. Like that's Rough Rider Anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I know, I know, I know, DM, I know DMX. That's I'm a, not, I'm not a big, uh, the, the, the bike, right. the street biking. Yeah. 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 When, okay. Okay. That's why, that's why when, you know, RIP to a legend, you know, but yeah. I mean, that's why when he was in the hospital, the, the gang was outside and then cut the news even hit. I think New York post covered it for a little bit. Yeah. There's people out there. Like they, it was, it was nice to see support for somebody that literally came from there and stayed. I mean, it sucks because he stayed the way he was, but because yeah. he was so real, he had a hell of a career. The rise and fall of an OG <laughs> is what Basically, it was. It was a type. It was like a Scarface movie. Yeah, yeah, dude. So a, are, is. are they like are they rivals? Because I know some gangs obviously are big rivals. Were, were they rival gangs or were they just there there is it's mostly like a like a bike gang and then as far as like the street gang, 
they were affiliate. They had different chapters. They were affiliated with Blood. Some were affiliated with Crips. Some had chapters okay. with Latin Kings. Let's right? not put a blanket statement on all of them that everybody's affiliated with just everybody. Like yeah, just, yeah. I don't need. I don't need two separate. I don't need guys with red and blue tied <laughs> yeah. together walking down my street beating me up. Like no, I'm, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just different chapters with you know like. Different motions. Please don't kick for, our ass for everybody else. But, <laughs> Anyone? No, but it's, it's just like this. This was like the era, right? Like back in the day. I say, is I'm wearing a blue jersey. Fuck. It was that bad. You wear a blue jersey and a red hood. That's it. Yeah, dude, I'm just supporting bad. my Gators, man. We're we're dude, we're, we're leaving Tennessee what? right now. Take Ooh, that shirt off. <laughs> we just scored another <laughs> touchdown, man. Just leave me alone. I'll tell you this: I was on the corner of seventh. And one apparel in Long Beach, and I got banged on just because I was wearing an angel jersey by a bunch of, of Crips, and they thought I was a blood. And I'm like, no, I don't do that. I'm just myself. Like that's that's like, how after, you had to go. After he got Head beat down, up, he was like, nah, man, that ain't me. I don't do that, guys. Like, I'm sorry. They <laughs> 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 were in a car. They were in a car. If anything, I would have got shot. Oh, yeah, were they just true, yelling man. at that you, or true. like I'm not making fun of it, but. No, yeah, they, they they would yell at you. They'd be like, what side are you from? Where are you from? Yep, that's, that's exactly how it starts. That's exactly how you're like, dude, I'm from Beverly Hills. You don't say nothing. You just Malibu ignore it and put your head down. <laughs> yeah. You know, the sad, the sad part about that I'm from is Wichita. a lot of them have a, a wolf mentality, mm-hmm. right? So if you go into, Dustin, if you go into that, like, prey mindset, they, they actually come at you more, Yep. right? But when you have that, like, predator uh, uh, alpha response, they stop just, like all right, respect. they walk. You start to see them walk away just yep. a little bit, just by being like, "Yeah, fuck you, boy." Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. just don't call anybody a bitch because that sets it off. Dude, right? can you tell Never them from the? Can you tell bitch. them from the country? I would get murdered. We like, know. I, I, I would, <laughs> dude, I wouldn't last three days in your position, at least back then. If dude, don't worry. If we take him on a field trip there, I'll make sure I hold his hand through the city. We'll, we'll get him to. We'll get him to dude, just hold my pocket. Oh god. <laughs> Well, wait till I tell you the bodyguard stories. That's gonna be wild. Oh man, that's next. That's coming keep, up right keep now. Keep going, Drew, because like I'm like all in, dude. I'm like <laughs> focused, dude. Uh, you know th- this is crazy. I, I I have never shared any of these stories before. That's right. Good. Well, f- thank you for doing it here. Like, and and I I, I re- we really appreciate that. Pleasure, pleasure. Well, it, it's fun being here. But um, going back into the the story, so uh, I remember the kid's name. Um, his name was Kizzo, right? And his nickname was One Hit a Quitter. You can assume what that meant, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy had a mean hook. He put people to sleep. I'm clueless, dude, but I can, I can put, I can do math. Yeah. So, so Dustin, if if he was a hitchy, you going straight to sleep. Like, there's gonna oh, be an imaginary believe- pillow it take- and bed. Kevin, catch Kevin you. could hit me, and I'd probably, uh, <laughs> I'd probably take a little bit of a rest. <laughs> but, but, but. You know, to, I'm a talker. Sh- I'm not a fighter. I rely on people bigger than me. A- Aaron knows that. So um, from there, we get into it. And he's like, all right, well, take your best shot at me. And I look at him. I say, OK, well, if I fight you, will, will you leave me alone? Because really, that's the only means of fighting right now. He's like, well, if you don't fight me, a lot of other people will. I was like, a lot of other people will fight you. He's like, no, they'll fight you. Right. So you can earn your respect right now. So I look at him and now I'm getting frustrated because he's giving me a no option. Right. I fight him or I fight people I don't even, I haven't even met yet. I was like, Yeah, hey, you're back into a corner. Exactly. So I said, you know, let's just do let's do this right now. So I, I run at him and he knocks me off my toes. 
One hit, boom, I get back up. He grabs me, body sends me on the kitchen floor. I get back up. I'm in crazy pain. Like I, I'm instantly getting bruised, right? Like my body's like being hit with different colors at that point, right? This is before the tattoo days. And <laughs> he grabs me, slams me against um, the cabinets and the cabinets break. He's like, you had enough? And I get up and I said, I'm still standing, right? And I try, I, I probably took maybe about five swings in the whole fight. I don't think I connected one time, but every time he knocked me on my ass, I kept getting back up. And then he got tired, which was crazy. This guy got tired of kicking my ass. <laughs> and then he looks that at Homer me. Simpson like episode God. right there, dude. He, he beat goals right ass, there, man. And he's just like. <laughs> you, you, you won by default. Yeah. <laughs> So I get up again. I, I have a bloody face, bloody nose. Like I, I'm in my comfort zone because like for me, this shit is normal. And he looks at me. He's like, yo, you know, there's something wrong with you. You like getting your ass kicked. I'm like, no, I don't. But if I stay down, I know you'll have a reason to, to continue. So I can't stay down. And you, no matter how big you are, will will not keep me down. Because if I can, if, if, I, if I have enough breath, or enough energy to breathe, I'm going to push to get up. I'm going to use that energy to get up. He looks at me, he's like, stop, stop. We're not going to fight anymore. Respect. I've never seen someone with so much heart. I said, I don't care about heart. I just care about you leave me to fuck alone. <laughs> right? I get out from there. You're the Rudy of like, back then you were like Rudy, dude. <laughs> Spanish Rudy. Explain, explain, explain. <laughs> no, just like, we all know that movie, Rudy, where kid wasn't the biggest or the strongest or the fastest, but kid w- wouldn't give up. And I, I don't like that movie just because it's so cliche. But mm, regardless, that, that's that's what I'm getting vibes of. It's yeah. a classic. But you know what's awesome is I see where he's going with it and why he's able to do what he does for his career. Because I mean, don't take no one set. Well, no. I'm going to say this in a way we don't get canceled in the sales. Jesus in the sales world. No is not the same as no. Don't touch me or no. Don't do whatever. No doesn't mean no. There you go. My career is over. My non-existent career is over. No, it means no, not right now. That's what it means. Not in at the all. sales world. In in not the business all. sense. In the business sense for context before we get canceled. See, also to yes. clarify. Uh, <laughs> well, even then now i don't know if you know dustin what jump in means when you get jump in uh that's a big thing that gangs would do to initiate yep. you getting involved with them is they like all right we're gonna jump you in yep. For which minute, means you have your to ass. respect and get your ass kicked yeah and then that's how you get initiated into it the the extent of my gang knowledge goes as far as you guys know the show gang world undercover is the first <laughs> season of that where the dude infiltrated the um the Vagos biker gang. I was that waiting the, for him to say, like, extent, get rich or die trying. That's what I was waiting. I was waiting for 50 Cent. That's what I was waiting for. I thought he was going to say a Scarface movie. But no, but like, oh, no, no, that, that is the extent of that. That show is the extent that one season of that show is the extent of my gang knowledge. I know hang around. I know uh, prospect. I know all that. That's that's as far as it goes. But um, Aaron, if, if I can just like, um, Go for it. your statement here when yeah. you were saying like uh, 
like the segue, like it has actually nothing to do with sales, right? Like sales is something I had to really, really like break down, study and, and, and apply. It's not about not taking no for an answer or. Oh, I felt like it was more like your, your no, 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 your no, 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 look towards the entrepreneurship, right? Of you have yeah. to go through a hundred or a thousand failures, right? Before mm-hmm. you actually start to succeed. So like I, I started to develop the thick skin of failing and learning what it takes to succeed. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So that, that's, that's where it became really beneficial, you know, but from there, um, the, I had to fight one other big kid on, on that whole campus and he had fun fighting me to be honest. It was weird because no one wants to fight him because he had such a crazy reputation. Right. It was like, like a video game going through different bosses. Right. Just to be at peace. Like one of those old school street fighter like games. Mortal Kombat where you just built up the levels. Yo, that too, All right. Way. It's like, it's, it's just like yeah. the, lord of the flies and like the extent of just a terrible version with no adults you have to do everything until you're 18 and then and now you're a grown-ass man and you have to figure life out at 18 and like Mm. i mean you had already figured life out but life's just shit on you for so long but now you've got you're you're on the you're on top like you're in the you're on you're on your way to the top of the world let's just put it that way yeah there was um I, i remember where everything started to pivot for me was when I noticed another new kid came to the cottage and they were, they were bullying him. They were picking on him. They were testing him. And I was getting tired of this ritual, right? So I walked up to the biggest kid in the cottage who was like the antagonist at that time. And I told him, I was like, you know- Is this the same kid you fought? No, a different kid. Oh shit, there's a more? Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's not campus, just one. Right? Everybody's <laughs> a fighter, dude. <laughs> right? I thought and, there was um, one big kid. I thought like you just skipped all the the underboss and just went oh, straight for the big boss. What nah, was nah, the nah, population bro. in there? How many people? Probably like what? Well, Fifty uh, people. No, nah, bro. Like uh, on in the house, probably yeah. only ten. On the campus, probably about five thousand. Okay, Jesus so campus Christ. for five thousand. There you go, cat. Dustin. Five thousand other people. He had four thousand nine hundred ninety nine. <laughs> the other people he had to fight <laughs> to that get that to the shit. top. <laughs> Dude, I'd, I I'd be getting no my ass kicked codes. a lot. Like I'm not, gonna, bro, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be here saying, I'm not gonna be here saying I'm some big tough guy, bro. I'd be getting my ass kicked a lot, especially no, the way, especially the way, Aaron. You know how I like to wind up people, especially yeah. the way I like to wind people up. Oh, it'd be, it'd be an issue. I don't, I don't, I don't see you sitting in prison though. Like if, for, for example, everyone, we're gonna take a quick break here for just a second on, on this story for Drew. Drew, you gotta hear this. I, the only way Dustin's gonna get in trouble is if he doesn't pay his taxes or he goes, he gets a DUI. That's the only way Dustin yeah. is going to jail. Let's just put it that and, way. And, and right? even the, dude, even the DUI, even then, I'm not, not going to DUI because my a, I'd be more worried about my mom kicking my ass than the cops because her, her father was killed by a drunk driver. So she's always been super like not even go. one beer. So I, I'd be more scared of my mom than going to jail when it comes <laughs> to a DUI, dude. But the whole point is, if you were sitting in that corner, you'd be sitting in the corner of the cell. You'd be very scared. You wouldn't be you with him hanging out. You'd be bent over. Listen, I you can we can talk show you want, but give me a little credit. I know I can talk, and I can talk my way out of a lot of things. Yeah, I would end up, dude. I would end too, up bro. being buddies with these dudes who want to kick my ass. 
yeah, by, by, by the end of it. They'd be like, talk, all right, yo, come, come on down. You'll talk your way to a dick in your mouth. Let's get a Modelo Can I get an What's going to happen? Sorry, guys. All right, go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. Get right back into this, man. Kevin, we need to shit on Aaron more. He's just coming for us, dude. Well, I mean, you said you were relying on the biggest guy, and you relied to Aaron. I'm like, if you're going to rely on the biggest guy, I wouldn't go to Aaron. No, I didn't say I would I rely on Aaron. No, I never. I didn't say I rely on him. Uh, I wouldn't rely on me either, dude. Like, never a fight on you. <laughs> Just gotta beat his ass. <laughs> you gotta rely on the emu in the group. Yeah, dude, Dustin. Kevin, I low key like, dude, I low key like w- would absolutely rely on you in there. You're, I, I. There's a level of psycho you don't want to see. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know how to verbalize it, but like. It. I feel no. like if Kevin, if you and I were walking down the street, I always like to use the example with my friends. Like, if we were gonna to get into a bar fight, like no matter how wrong you'd be, you are, I'd back you up and then be like, "What the fuck are you thinking?" Later, I feel like Kevin definitely has that vibe where he'd be as, as you could be so in the wrong, he'd he'd yeah. back your ass up and then be like, "Dude, what were you thinking?" There you go, Drew. Don't and then take, kick your don't ass take Dustin later. out. Don't take Dustin out because he's the guy that goes, my friend will kick your ass. No, I'm like my dad. I'd be the guy who, who steps in and be like, guys, got ladies, ladies, ladies. Let, let me buy you both a beer and let's figure this out. That's yeah. why t- t- Tanner is the guy who has too many drinks and, and is ready to fight. I like to be the guy who goes, you won't hit him. And then somebody throws a throw, somebody throws a punch and then they're just yeah, kind of, it's shit. going, <laughs> dude, yeah, man. Like, I'm that guy. Like, it's me. But like, you're a bitch. That's what he said. What? And somebody starts fighting because the minute that happens, everybody knows. Or when you go oh, to jail, he said like, you, you had a shoes on, everybody knows. Like, I mean, that's how it works. That's, that's, don't you watch 60 days in? That's how it is. You guys you got to pay attention. But anyway, <laughs> go, go ahead, Drew. You, thank you. We're talking about the club. You, you were a. Let, you were a let, let's, if, if it's okay. Um, yeah. Let, let, let's jump into the club. Do it, man. Go right to the club. Let's I, do I mean, it. And, and club then scene, club life. On 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 a, on a different time, we could revisit like that situation or my time in the music industry or all the of MMA it. cage fighting days. But but we have all the, night. You could talk all you want. So this 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 is insane. When I first started working in clubs, right, I just came back from Miami, Florida, right? I was probably like around maybe 23, 24, somewhere around there. And I was looking for a job and someone said, hey, look, you could start uh, getting paid $20 an hour if you work in a club. You just got to get your security license, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Let me go through the process. I do that. They connect me. They put me in a club. I weighed 160 at 5'8 at the time. Right? Dude, I'm a buck 30, so you're already ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, we're oh, in Bronx, New York. Right? It's, um, what is it? It's reggae night. Right? And I'm working the door. Dude, it should be super chilled out, reggae no, night. No, it, it, well, we are in the Bronx. Okay, throw on some Bob night. Marley, smoke some weed. Everybody, just chill out, man. But you have to get to that, that stage. You have to get to the to the relax station, and I'm the gatekeeper to that. So you have someone who's looking like this at the door, saying, "Hey, you can't come in unless if you have ID." 
and you're twice my size and three times my width. <laughs> I, I remember one guy, this is when I started to get a reputation. One guy decided to push right by me, right? And, you know, I stepped in front of him and then he decided to try to grab me and move me to the side, right? But I had did four years of amateur MMA cage fighting where I got my ass kicked in Florida with actual fighters, right? You can look up this guy on Google. His name was Baboon for MMA masters. This guy was a beast, right? Like I didn't survive a minute with him. But when you're fighting real pros, right, at, the, at that standpoint, and then you're fighting the average guy in, like, let's say, out in, 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 a, in, a, in the club, you're going to be able to take him out in seconds, right? So when he went to go grab me, I grabbed his arm, I twisted it behind him, kicked his kneecap in, pulled him back and dropped him down to the floor. Oh, you found him? Yeah, that's the guy who kicked my ass for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man. I'm sorry for our YouTubers, man. This guy, Luis Palomino. I, I got one quick question. I got one quick question. If this guy walks up to your girl and slaps her ass, what are you going to do? Shooting him. <laughs> Slap his jaw. What are you talking about? <laughs> God, <dude>. That's <laughs> what guns are for, man. I'm not winning that <laughs> fight. <I'm laughs> much love, Lewis. Much love. Much love. But absolutely, um, absolutely. yeah, it's it's I, I got into a situation. Yo, he's on, he's on that, four bro. losses, dude, in a row. I could beat him. No, you couldn't. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say quiet there. No, dude. If anything, we should call it. We, we got to get in touch with Portnoy and then make you and this guy the fucking rough and rowdy like headline or something like that. Jesus that's, what, Christ. that's what it would be like you and this guy. It'd be like Spider-Man versus Macho Man for three minutes. You know, like, <laughs> that's what you get. This guy is a beast. Right. You know, but um, again, right. As an amateur still learning stuff like that. I would go in a ring with these guys, get torn up, learn really fast. Cause and that's how I always learn something new. You just jump in the water, right? Get your ass kicked and then keep moving. Mm -hmm. I see a, a hand raised. So by accident. Oh no, he stuck his hands up. Like that's Kevin. He kind of he likes to Oh no, I was moving the the thing behind my chair. Oh, oh, that, oh that. goodness. Right. So um <laughs> completely so removes from, the flow. So from there, like uh actually one of the owners, he um Oh, God. He was an ex uh, WWF fighter, uh, but he wasn't like the main guys. He was uh, the filling guys. His name was Sonny Beach. Right. And he's the owner of the security company. He says, hey, um, you know, you're, you're pretty damn good. But how about you not fight people for respect? You know, you you got to get better at listening and be able to talk to them with authority. Right. So this is like mm. the first stage of learning how to set your authority. Right. And then he's like, uh, also, um, I, I love your work ethic, but you got to eat, bro. And like, what, what do you mean? He's like, you're a stick. I, I can't have you keep working for me because I might be endangering your life for just a hundred mm. bucks a night. It doesn't make sense. And I said, endanger my life. This ain't nothing new. Just pay me. Right. <laughs> so I said, well, what do I need to do to put on some weight? He's like, All right, well, you got to eat six meals a day. You got to do this. You got to train this many times a week. I said, ah, oh, fuck my life. That's a lot of work. He said something very powerful. He said, you can do what's hard and live an easy life, or you can do what's easy and live a hard life. And I said, shit, where'd you read that at? And he, he said somewhere, but it sounded damn good. And I never forgot it since. And I started to apply I it. Forget it. 
I started, <laughs> I started doing push-ups and pull-ups every day, started working out, started doing my cardio, and I started putting on some serious mass. So you, you eat six meals a day. I had like chicken coming out of my ears, right? Uh, and eggs, like I would eat like six eggs in the morning. And then before I go to bed, I would eat seven to eight eggs before going to bed. And this was my last meal of the day. My stomach is probably like, fuck, man. You shit through a fucking screen and not touch a wire on that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. You know, and, and since I was young, you know, my, my muscles matured quickly. I, 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 everything went good. So from there, um, I gained some good size, started getting gigs at the gigs. But I was still an amateur in that world, right? And I still had that old school mentality. So as I was learning judo talk, this is what, like, you talk someone down so you don't have to fight them. When things would get ugly, I was overprepared to take it to the next level, right? I remember this, uh, this one club I was working at, uh, this guy didn't want to leave. He was just walling out, acting stupid. He wasn't even drunk. He was just having a bad night. And I was telling him, look, you know, it's time to go. You probably struck out a lot, man. And the, I mean, it happens. when your it happens. ego gets that bruised after a while, you need to bruise it some more. You got to hit rock bottom before yeah. you can go back up again. It, well, Sounds you like you know found what, what it feels like, right? Yeah. So I'm asking him to leave. He doesn't want to go. He, does, he decides to push me. And I tell him, like, all right, well, if you touch me again, you're going to regret it. And I was foolish enough to say that because that's antagonizing the situation again i was still learning so he did exactly what i told him not to do he pushed me which led to me smacking his arms down grabbing him by the back of his neck grabbing his arm running towards the door and then from the door i lift him up and launched him towards the street light and all you heard was ding! It's like- he hit his face right on the street light and fell Fucking jazzed him, dude. You straight up Uncle filled his ass. <laughs> basically, basically. And then I just walked right back into the club. Right. And I and I kept working. And there there were like working in these uh, I wasn't working in the city yet. I was working like in all the hood clubs in Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx, right? Uh, because I didn't understand like the the necessary steps you had to take in order to work those high-end clubs. I, I was always discouraged because people would tell me, hey, you had to be six feet tall, right? I was uh, five, eight and a half. And I would say I would lie on my state ID would say five, nine. Right. Oh, yeah, dude. I do that shit all the time. Hey, all me too. Which convenience yeah. store I'm leaving, man. <laughs> I'm five, six, five, four, sometimes five, two. It all depends, man. I'm like right around there. I don't know. It all depends. On skates, I know I'm five, eight. That's what they've always said. Like, I don't know. Drew, if my coach I love is... you, buddy. You're not special oh. in that regard. You're yeah, not dude. the first I'm person to lie about your say. height. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do it all the time. But, so but his thing, though. <laughs> I didn't know it was a, it was an advantage for interviews, right? Because when I would start like going against the grind and not listening to what people say and start pursuing those jobs anyway, what would happen next is they, they would ask me over the phone, are you five, nine? I'm like, that's what my ID says. It's like, all right, come in. And I'm like, okay. Right. So <laughs> I go in, they don't know the difference. He's wearing some nice, some shoes with some heels, like some good business shoes, dude. Like, but like, like there's got a Docker's so... insert in that bitch. Like you popping yourself no, I up. I didn't use good. any of those. Fuck that. But <laughs> I do. So seat, it's fine. Right? <laughs> but, but, but it's so crazy that we hear this limited belief from someone else. We take it as a gospel and we put this invisible barrier in front of us and we don't cross it. Right. But mm-hmm. when I decide to say, screw that, let me go see what happens. I started getting job interviews left and right, right? And then 
uh, I, I was like, all right, let me calm down with the nightlife a little bit. Let me try to get the regular day job thing. And um, I started working at different places. I was, I was getting paid like the minimum wage back then was like, what, uh, $7, $8 an hour? Yeah, something, something small. Something like that. It wasn't, it wasn't too wild back then for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, things. I found a Berenstein Bear book in my kid's bookcase, and I figured out what inflation went up over the last twenty years. It was, I was kind of, I was kind of pissed about that. I mean, it was a dollar ninety nine for one of those books, and they're five bucks now. So I'm like, yeah, exactly. damn, dude. Like, exactly. things have changed in the last twenty years. Yep. That paper yep. got damn richer. it, Joe Biden. Man, he fucking <laughs> did it to us again, man. Fucking bastard but... stole the election. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting off the rails here. Sorry. You're good. You're good. You're good. But from from there, from there, um, as I continued down that path, I started getting jobs nine dollars an hour, ten dollars an hour, twelve dollars an hour. But the thing is, the reason why I always get paid more. Number one, I would ask for more right out the gate. I learned yeah. that if you don't ask, you don't receive. Right. So that was number one. Uh, number two, I would do my research on the industry, on the business, on who I'm talking to. Right. And I would change the game when they would go through the interview process and ask me, why do you want this job? My response became, well, I don't know yet. I don't know enough about you. I just met you. Why should I work here versus all the other options that's in the market? Yeah, and, you know, flip the script. 100 percent. 100 percent. And uh, I never knew how powerful that was. For me, it was just natural. Right now. Like in, in the sales world, this is like changing the frame and having the person convince you why they need it, why they want it, right? Versus you trying to prove yourself. And then from there, I started getting gigs at $20 an hour, $25 an hour, $35 an hour, $45 an hour. And then I had a, I got all high and mighty and then, then fell like most kings do, right? And then once I fell, I was on unemployment for a little while. And then I got a call from this, uh, Jack's 99 cent store in Manhattan in the city, right? And they called me and he's like, Hey, I want to I want you to come in for an interview. I come in and he's like, All right, here's a job. It's for $18 an hour. And I look at it, it's like, all right, you don't have a system in play. You have 16 guards, you have three stores, you have what uh 40 guards all together. Um, you have uh probably uh what 30, 40 million dollars in merchandise on shot like. It, the math doesn't make sense. You want to pay me $18 an hour to help protect this stuff? Like do, yeah. do your profit. What was it um, your loss prevention department? This is ridiculous. You're going to have to pay me more. Yeah. Right. I and mean, then he's like, I'm not, I'm not laying my life down. I'm sorry. Like yeah. for 18 <laughs> bucks an hour, you want to steal <laughs> no, 40 million this, and this that shit? Go ahead, stores. Brett. Dude, it's, let it's me know. Let me know who your fence in the is. City. I, want, I want to meet him. Like, go ahead. Just give me a cut, and I'll let you go. <laughs> so, um, this is this is crazy. Not not a lot of people know this. So, um, I gave him a note. Like, I I told him no, I'm not doing it, right? And I got up and I walked out. And I guess people are not used to that because the very next day he called me again to yeah, come in like, for a second interview. It's good. That's <laughs> right? good shit. So, like that. so I come in. I'm like, all right, what's the deal? And I'm completely detached, right? Like the first day I came in, I'm wearing a, a, a custom-made yep. three-piece suit. The, today I'm wearing like a, a polo shirt and jeans, right? Golf and apparel. Yeah. And, and you, you could tell I'm like detached from the whole thing. He's like, hey, we really like you. We think you're the best candidate. What can we do to get you in here? And I said, okay, well, you want to start me at $18 an hour. I don't think that's fair. How about... Since you don't know what, what 
value I bring to the table, I start at $18 an hour for the first 30 days. If I super exceed your expectations, you bump me up to $25 an hour and keep me on a sliding scale, right? Every year we revisit the pay depending on performance. And if you don't like what I do, then you can actually reduce the amount I'm getting, I'm getting paid. That's always fair, man. It gives it, right. it, it, it relieves, it gives the sense of urgency, which you created, but what you've also done has given them an out in their win. So they can win, but you win in the short term and the medium term, and you know, you'll win them in the long term, but they think that you're going to fail. So you've outplayed exactly, them on exactly. every piece of the board. Exactly. And, and the beauty of all this is on, on human science, right? He's not going to go ahead and reduce my pay. Yeah. No matter nope. how much I fuck up, it's just not going to nope. happen. Right. Cause it just, it just, it feels weird. It feels like, and how do you explain this to the, the labor department? Right. It's, you can't. New no. York labor but, department too, of all places. Like go ahead, yeah, go exactly. to the city and do that. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. You'll exactly. get a phone call back in four to six weeks and it'll be from somebody yeah. that doesn't even speak any English. and won't know what you're talking about. They yep. explain yep. And, and then they'll okay. just lose the call. Yeah, exactly. Right. It'll, it's it's over. Yeah, so so, but me being a hustler the way I, I was right um I, I always like to do more because I want to see how much more I can get because for me I learned very fast that uh, money is nothing more than an exchange of value the more value you provide the more money you make so in all actual reality I have no cap on my income no matter where I am and I want to prove myself in that department so that I can do that so I created I like studied my ass off on customer service, the security industry, profit loss department, like the, the protocols. I even went down to the police department, spoke to them, the person in charge of dealing with um, uh, people who get caught for theft. I, I took a, a course from them, a class from them on what to do in those scenarios. Uh, I went around the corner and I spoke to the drug dealers who were up the street from the, the department store because like their, their junkies would come in the store and they were robbed or shit like that. Or they sent people to the store to steal from there so they can resell the items on the street. It was like ridiculous. So Smart I made a deal with everybody across the board, even the homeless people in the area, right? Because I want to reduce as much stress as humanly possible. And then I trained all the staff. And then six months in, obviously I'm getting paid uh, $25 an hour. Um, I'm bored. Like I, there's no more challenge. I have a system for everything in that one store. And I was like, hmm, there's two other stores. Maybe I can go visit them on my lunch break and see what's going on. I go to those stores and it's havoc. It's hell. So I reestablished the same principles, the same habits, boom, locked it in. I'm not even getting paid for this. I'm willingly doing this on my own term, right? Cause I know what the, the outcome is going to be. Well, cause you'll get and paid then, in the long term for it. Exactly. Provide the value good first. initiative minus the bad judgment coming exactly, up. So. <laughs> exactly. The crazy part about all this is every time I took a step, to provide more value, there was at least one person telling me I'm doing too much. There was one person who was literally telling me, you need to stop because no one cares. Yeah. Better to do that negative. too little. There's right? always that negativity, man. No matter because, what you do, where you go, what you get, it's always going to be there. It's if They're projecting their thought, their opinions, their lifestyle onto me. They don't want to work harder. They see someone working their ass off, right? So then uh, from there, uh, I was successful at that. They brought me into the office. We revisit the pay. Boom. $32.50 an hour. Nice. So I start rocking out with that. I have systems for, for the departments, all three stores. Everything's good. I get bored again. 
then I started visiting other departments, right? The cashiers. And I, I started looking at them and say, you know what? Maybe they could provide better customer service, right? Then I started looking at the employees on the floor. Maybe they could stalk faster. Maybe there's a more efficient way to do it where it's safer to prevent more accidents because I had to do the accident reports, deal with the EMTs and all that stuff. So I started dipping into every department on my downtime and presenting proposals and presenting and asking the general managers, hey, can I train your staff and work on this? Do you approve of this, right? Is, is this okay? Always ask for permission before I take action, right? And then uh, it's funny, one of the store managers says, uh, Drew, we're not going to pay you more for this. And I said, uh, if I was worried about that, then I probably wouldn't do this because I'm betting on something that doesn't have any certainty. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, 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 I agree. He's like, well, can I do this then? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Right? like get the fuck I out know. of my way guy you know so then i i started doing that and then i started creating um a very lively culture environment i would take my own paycheck sometimes and spent like two thousand dollars in one day uh making a deal with the local pizzeria and delivering pizza boxes like 10 12 or 20 pizza boxes to all the stores randomly out the month just because I felt like, hey, we need to give a little bit more to our employees, right? We yeah. need to let them know that we appreciate them because right now we're just paying them the, the hourly wage and we expect them to do their job. Let's when give them people feel like they're appreciated, they're, exactly. more willing to, they're more willing to believe in what you're doing. Exactly, exactly. And I took the Ted Lasso approach on it all, man. You're made of the team. <laughs> like that's what you're doing. We're part of the team. Everybody's gonna be on the team. We're all a all team, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um year two comes by and I'm getting paid uh forty-five dollars an hour. Right. I'm in charge of three department stores, uh five hundred employees, right? And and mind you, I started with sixteen, you know, and one department. And I'm charge of everything like the district uh supervisor like they had to make give me a made-up name for my pay right <laughs> and then i get bored again and i said hey look everything has systems like i barely need to be here like it you couldn't tell if i was there or if i wasn't there because it worked the same so i started going to uh the local security companies and i got back into the club industry but um and only in the city now like where you have to wear a shirt and tie and I started working at all the high-end clubs, right? And then um, I started, started maximizing how much pay I was getting a night. So I would work, I started out slow, Friday and Saturday night. I wouldn't work less than $25 an hour. Uh, you had to pay me $150 for six hours, even if the event shuts down in four hours. I don't care, right? If you don't pay me that, I won't take the gig. They agreed to it. I started doing that, making money. And then um, I started playing supervisor roles and I learned how much the owners are paying the security company. So then I said, hey, if you want me to do this, I could take over new spots, put systems, uh, lead a team. You got to pay me $35 an hour. Boom. Started increasing uh, my pay. And then from there, I was like, you know what? You have a problem. Here's where problem solving comes in. You have a problem with not having reliable guards coming onto the shift. What if I supplied you men and women to work on these accounts and you pay me for that and we do it as a subcontractor they're like okay well, we can do it boom i started making uh 25 per guard that was coming in and it would get so crazy that i remember uh one friday night i was panicking because my car broke down and i couldn't get to work and i called them they're like no drew don't worry about it we, you know just send one of you guys and I sent one of the guys and i went back home and i pulled up my laptop 
and I'm looking at everybody I have out. I'm like, holy crap. I just made $4,000 for six hours. And I didn't even, I didn't even go to work in one day. I'm like, there's something here. You know what you did? You did, you did what all, all the entrepreneurs, they get, they finally get that moment. Like I, you chase your cat, right? And you can get tired. You can try to get the cat all you want. You can, you can use any animal you want. Cat, chicken, fucking whatever it is. You try to catch it and chase it around. You can't get it. But what happens if you get it to come to you? You don't, you don't focus on this, like the tactic of chasing it and finding it. You focus Mm -hmm. on doing everything else. And all of a sudden the shit just starts, it's like a magnet. It starts coming to you. And you don't yeah. even realize it. Like you're the bait. Like you can get, you, it's easier to get a cat to come to you or an animal. If you squat down, you're all nice to it. You start doing, making fucking stupid noises with your mouth, whatever it is, you find a way to get, to make that connection. And that's dude, you're a hustler. And it, and it shows that you understand the game of all pieces. And it's, yeah, it's, I was, uh, Kevin's blown away over here. He's watching you and he's like, I want to be friends with this guy. I can tell. <laughs> already no, like just, i know he does. i, I, I want to be your so friend much. and i'm going to be don't worry by your, by <laughs> the mindset that you said about like the researching and like the presenting your value in a different way not being like hey i'm worth this you showed your worth you didn't tell them you showed them and by giving that I well, mean, you told them but you showed them there was there was a tell and a show a tell yeah, and a yeah show. but it's a different approach and and that approach is what people you know, want to hear, but they don't know how to do it. And you did it. And there was a situation yeah. where I just had where I didn't do any research. I just wanted to get out of a situation. I just jumped the gun. Yeah. And, and it really screwed me over. And I've come to learn that there's different approaches and different ways of doing things. And that the only excuse that you're going to make is yourself. And as soon as you realize that you are no longer the excuse and you were the problem, then you can fix it. And yeah. just hearing by what you said, it's just, it's, it's really awesome. Man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, so um, maybe this also helped to like to stem off what you just said. So at this time, like I've literally created a new reputation for myself and a, a new uh, lay of the land, if, if I may. And uh, I wanted to try to give back as much as possible. So I did some studies and I found out that companies actually don't have to pay taxes if you have uh, a veteran working for you, right? So then um, I- Aaron, we're going to exploit your ass, buddy. I know. (laughs) Not only that, but they get paid a kicker from Uncle Sam for hiring us now too. So like to be a a recruiter- Sign me up for a contract. It'll give me a leg up. I know, right? To be a recruiter, man, right now, like that's why everybody wants veterans because every employer is getting money from Uncle Sam just for having us as a as a statistic. Facts. Why? Facts. But they it's weird. I, I check those boxes all the time and I still don't get anything. Must be my outspoken voice. I don't know what it is. <laughs> must be my must be my ability to be like, hey boss, you're fucked up. Oh, you don't like hearing that. My bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just as fucked up as you, but I tell you, like everybody else kisses your ass. I don't. So sorry. But no, but like here's the thing with that. Like um here in, in, in New York, um, among all the other places, veterans get forgotten really fast. You get pushed the curb really fast Everywhere. and really hard and ignored, right? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I have a huge heart. Sometimes I wear my heart in my sleep and I forget to protect it. And um, when I found this out, I said, you know what? I think I can create uh, multiple benefits here. So I went to, uh, well, 
many of you are familiar with New York, so you might, you may know Workforce One as a government agency in, in New York. I've I've heard of something like that, but that's only because I'm the one that's closest to New York City Got and it. have lived here Got longest. It. Like Dookie's yeah. out in Ohio. He was a Marine with me. We served Got together. Um, so like that's hey Aaron, I and Dookie, out. I just want to say thank you for your service. I really appreciate you guys. Get 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 him, Dookie. Get him. Get him right now. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna say thanks for the support, man. Uh, okay i was gonna say man i was waiting for you to light him up no <laughs> he's staying very humble Aaron, no, i love to bust aaron's balls with that my, my my dad's in the military and he hate he hated it when people did that so i just like to bust aaron's balls with that love yeah, my, my my oldest brother is in the military he was a e9 before he retired yeah the army oh nice yeah but um, nice. I love my nice. I love my roommate to death. But whenever he sees anybody in uniform, he always like goes up to them and kisses their boots. Thank you for your service. I'm like Aaron or uh, Tanner. Don't Tanner don't say that. They they don't want to hear that. Please, <laughs> please. Yeah, They'll appreciate it more way, right? if you leave them alone. <laughs> but um, so I got connected with connected with them, and um, I said, hey, you don't need to pay me anything. Uh, what I want to do is I I want to work with only veterans. Uh, of any branch, it doesn't matter. Uh, bring them into the office area, and uh, I'll coach them on how to score an interview. And I'll take them to the site. And if they listen to me, they're one hundred percent guaranteed to get above minimum wage pay with the jobs that I'm putting them in the same fucking day, right? And the, the guy from Workforce One, he, he loved it because he gets bonuses every time a veteran gets hired, right? So it was a win-win for him. So he would uh, set it up once a week. I would do these GOP classes. Don't ask me what GOP stands for. I completely forgot, right? But I just thought it was a cool acronym at the time. And um, Don't I worry, liberals. In. It's not that. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Shit. We got a disclaimer. We didn't pick a side. <laughs> yeah. You didn't teach him how to I couldn't do pass it up, dude. I couldn't pass it up. Yeah. I, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know. I'm not, I don't know what any of that stuff means, but um, so I would, I would do these classes and I would come in in a three piece suit. And a part of my presentation is I would, I would take off my suit and, and show my tattoos. Right. To, to good. come in with the strong fucking good and destroy it. Right. Dude. My, my, then, I, they hate tattoos and suits, man. Like, I'm so glad you do that. I like, guess why we're, you, you, you we're definitely going to be like, buddies. Yeah, man. Go, go, go on my IG. And, and if you scroll down on my Instagram, you're going to see those. It's like small rooms with yellow chairs. Right. And then you're going to see like um, my sleeves and stuff like that. Uh, there's one where I'm wearing a full suit right, right before I took off the suit jacket. So if, if you scroll all the way down. YouTube exclusive right here. We got Drew's Instagram up here. Absolutely. Oh, Drew right there. All the way down. Underscore LM. That's what we're looking at on Instagram, everybody. Right there. Oh, right there. I'm not go, popped in. Go Look give him that. a follow. Oh, yes, absolutely. I see it, though. I do see. I saw it. There was a couple of them before we got yep. hit with our Instagram login. I'm not going to do that in front of everybody. Um, but but, but yeah. like, so, so like in, in that setup, the whole thing was to show them that um, anyone could do what I do. Right. And then at that time, I was getting paid sixty two fifty an hour from that department store. Right. I was getting four thousand dollars in six hours. You said it yourself. Yeah. But on top of that, I was making a couple of grand a night. Yeah. Right. And then 
I took on, uh, and we're going to, in a second, we're going to segue into a crazy bodyguard. Did a few of them I did. But um, so I would do those classes and I would test them to see who's following, who's not following. I would vet them out right there, uh, who would be a good fit. And then I would literally walk with them to the actual security office, go upstairs, put them in, in the interview room, walk up to the CEO and be like, hey, you have 12 people. You need your supervisor to go in there, interview them. They're ready to go right now. And he's like, oh, Drew, we don't have anybody. I said, then you should interview them because if you don't, I'm going to take them to the to your competitors because they need a job and they're willing to work. Mm. He's like, why do you do this to me? I said, because you need help, right? You, you need want, yeah, man. men and women who are willing to work, right? He says, yeah. yes, well, these people are. And That's they're good. all veterans, every single one of them. There's no way you can lose. No way. So he's like, all right. He walks in. This is like literally the first time. He walks in. He, he interviews all of them, hires all 12 of them. Pays really? all $25 an hour. Boom. Wow. Right? And you kept your word. <laughs> so now right? you look like this shit. <laughs> but but that, that's the thing. For me, it was like, all right, cool. Um, That's done. Boom. On to the next project. Right. Next and project. I just kept going, going, going. And then it became a routine. I, I would literally pop up in their office. They would do the application or they would already have the application. They already have a folder, the names, everything they need, the licenses. Boom, ready to go. I would fast track everything. And then I actually hired some of those guys to go find other accounts so that they can make extra money. So I started just like snowballing the value so that they can compound the effect and make even more money, less time. Right. Because I was like, you know what, if, I, if, if this works, why keep it a secret? Just give it right. And then um, in the midst of all this, before I took a, a bodyguard gig and started going into this direction, um, and mind you, at the same time, I was working at synagogues running uh, teams for counterterrorism at the same time. I did it for six years while juggling all this stuff, right? And I even worked at, at mosque at the same time as well, right? Because for me, it, like, it doesn't matter who you are. If you feel like you're in trouble, you, you, someone needs to help you, right? Yeah. And if, yeah. If, I'm a, I'm a, if I'm available, I might as well do it. You know, or I'll send someone else to do it. So um, I was juggling all these things at the same time. There's money coming from different directions. And I remember um, this is called the Damien story. I love this guy. Uh, Damien walks up to me one day. He's getting paid $15 an hour and he's doing like New York runners events. Right. Outside in the heat. And I said, you know, that pay doesn't match that work ethic. You should be at least getting paid $20 an hour. He's like, this is all they pay. I said, no, I think that's what you accepted. He's like, Drew, not everyone's like you. I said, no, but you could try to be better. And I said, you know what? Give me the address to the office. And I'm going to show you that you've been lied to. And or I'm going to show you that you didn't try hard enough. He's like, all right, whatever, Drew. Here's the address. Da, da, da. So the very next day, I grabbed one of my guys. His name is Miguel Hunt. Right. I said, Miguel, I want you to come with me. I don't want you to say anything. Just come with me. And um, I want you to observe. Don't even say your name. Just nod your head, okay? We're going to do something crazy. He's like, what's the goal? The goal is to get a job, a minimum paying $25 an hour, and their limit is $15 an hour, and you're not going to say a word. He says, all right, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't. <laughs> right, but keep in mind, I, I always follow my own habits, values, and principles. So I told myself the night before we're going to study the company, find their needs, their pains, and, and have an approach into the conversation. So we get to the office. I walk in the office, and uh, the, the lady who's interviewing, who 
the HR or whatever, she's extremely rude. She's like, applications over there and the job's for $15 an hour. I said, that's fantastic and that's good to know, but I'm not here for that. In fact, I think I could be of greater service of you or for you and the business. All I need is five minutes of your time. She's like, we're not here. Like, we're not going to buy anything. I said, do I look like I'm here to sell something? <laughs> she looks at me. She's like, are, do you do security? I said, yes, ma'am. In fact, all over I'm here to fucking rob like, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take your paycheck. You don't even know. I'm going to take everything from you. And you're about to hire me. You're going to be paying me so much money. You're going to feel like I just robbed you because I'm going to talk you into it. But no, I'm not here to buy anything. <laughs> she wasn't ready. I, let me just say, uh, like, uh, to this day, like, I still feel a little bit remorse. She was not ready. No. Um, no. So, so we, we wait in the lobby, right? And uh, Miguel, he looks at me. He's like, Drew, you're fucking crazy. Like, you always do this shit. He's, and he's just shaking his head laughing. And ten, she said five minutes. Ten minutes later, she comes out. She's like, all right. She sits down. She's like, hey, what's your name? What's your experience? He starts asking me all these basic interview questions. All right. So. I answer her questions, but I then answer the questions she was going to ask me next because they're basic interview questions. I do the same thing. So I know what she's going to ask me. And then I start answering questions she should have asked me, but then never thought of. Right. That had really put me on a high pedestal showing that I know my stuff. Right. Yeah. And then when I stopped, she asked me, hey, can you start for twenty dollars an hour? And, and I you said, said, no, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, that sounds great, but me and my partner here, we don't do anything less than $25 an hour, and, and that's for a six-hour minimum. So if you have gigs that are running only four hours long, don't put us on unless if you're going to pay us $150. She says, I don't have the authorization to do that. I said, then maybe you should call someone who does. Oh, shit. It's time to get the big boy <laughs> pants up in here. That's how it works, man. I had nothing to lose. You no. have nothing to lose. Oh, and everything to but what's gain. the worst that's going to happen? They say no. Right. If you're not so, afraid to hear it, you can. Your dude, girlfriend I, is the perfect example. That's what I tell. I used to tell every customer sitting <laughs> on the other side of the thing. They look at me. No exactly. Like, how, like yeah. I'd look at somebody and be like, what's, what's really the problem? Like, why don't you want to buy something? Well, I don't know. Like, well, all right. You keep telling me no, and I'm not going to stop because I'm going to pursue you like you did your wife or your girlfriend or whatever. I always used to say that. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, she didn't give it up to you the first time you asked. She made you work for it. And she's always sitting there like, yeah, I did. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, like, even though she probably really did it, maybe took two dates, maybe three. But, you know, like for the fact that he understands, he's like, fuck, yeah, you're right. It took me a little while. Like I thought it was going to be quick and it, I couldn't close it. And here you are. I just met you. and You're trying to close me in a few minutes. It's it's an understandable. It's a comfortability. But you didn't. Like, you're right. You had nothing to lose and everything to gain. And you were about to take it all. And you did. No, so, but check this out. Check so, this out. Drew, she, before, before we wrap up, let me just ask you real quick. And I think this is going to be what we take away from this episode. During your time um, as a younger man going through what you did when you were younger or when you were working at the clubs on the path to where you are now, what is the best skill you learned or the best insight or what, what makes you tick? What's the reason that you get up every morning? My daughter, my daughter, Melody. There it is, man. Dad oh. life. Love it, man. <laughs> right in the strings. Oh God. And, and if, if I didn't have, if I didn't have her, right, then it would be to, to try to live my best life, right? My greatest skill 
has never been sales or marketing or any of that or it's or being a punching bag right my greatest skill has always been resilience never yeah. given up yep. you know like the the person who got me into sales originally um i can't say his name because he's a big person but i will say okay. he played a huge part in creating the game call of duty which sold to activision for i think it was like 1.3 or 1.6 i don't even remember yeah. But he so was my was a, client. So he was a Treyarch guy, is what you were saying. Is what you're trying to say. <laughs> oh, was, a lot of beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a good guy. It was a good guy. And uh, I was driving his Rolls Royce for a little while. And, and we developed such a great relationship. I went from his bodyguard to his friend to uh, he became my mentor. And then I started uh, taking his advice and investing into like programs, learn sales and marketing. And uh, what really drove me, because I want to answer this question before, before we shut down, um, what really drove me to be a leader in this space and help other people understand sales and marketing and help them with the company is the fact that I've been robbed. And in the process of being robbed, I watch people lose their homes, lose their families. Lose, I, I lost good men, lose their wives. I lost good women, lose their husbands because they believed into the wrong person online who took everything from them and gave them nothing. And they, they tried to file for FCC reports, uh, lawsuits, and didn't get anything back. And there are way too many wolves out there. I've invested personally over $100,000 of my own money. I was making 60000 60 to 80000 a month easy. Yeah. Right? That's so, a lot of beans. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of beans. Guys. Kevin, Kevin's looking at him like Jonah Hill. You show me a pay step for 60,000 right now. I work for you. I quit my job. Yeah, I work yeah, for you. Yeah. Drew, Drew, you show me that pay step, dude. I will, I'll drop out of, I'll drop no, out of my like, MBA go program right now, dude. I'm going to go back. You show me that pay step. I'll drop out of my MBA program. My MBA is my, my big fucking account, right? But uh, <laughs> MBFA. <laughs> but it's, it's, Honestly, it's I, I would have stood quiet, kept doing my own thing. Like I, I still like I help other companies now. With, so I, you've seen it, Aaron, right? My Instagram. I spent Absolutely. 10 hours yesterday at WeWork just like working on this one project, doing the outline, like putting really big questions on the board that many companies can't answer because they don't know how or they don't even know it's a question they should answer for their business. Right. Yeah. And then at the same time, taking a break to to coach uh, 20 other individuals for another company. Right. And help them through their process and then them closing sales and, and everything going good right there. And it's and then when they try to praise me, I, I throw it right back at them and say, look, you know, I'm just showing you how it's done. Right. You're the one taking the action. You need to pat yourself on the back. You need to keep going. You need to see this as proof that whatever you have in mind is possible. You are the only reason why you are not living the life you feel you should be living. Very true. Guys, he had a video. He has a video on his Instagram. Everybody should go and check this shit out. He has a whole room saying, I'm not a fucking victim. You know how hard it is to get somebody to say that in New York City? This, he had a whole room doing it behind him like you could hear that it was like fucking haka chants going along with it yeah, like, yeah, i'm not a victim dude. like yeah. he's like i'm not a fucking victim like he says that shit and he got people to say it people were repeating 2, it. people in the room 2000 exactly 2, it's unreal yeah. 
unreal and how many people like you know how many times anyone i'm sure in your own right in your own days like you feel so bad for yourself something happens you're just down on yourself or something and just a simple thing of i'm not a victim or i'm not going to take that shit anymore can really change your whole mood and drew is fucking he's the real he's the real deal to it all he's helping you realize it i know it's funny you mentioned that victim story because my old job my boss told me he's like you always play the victim never understood that statement really think about it and then i looked at it i'm like damn you know what he's right i always play the victim part maybe i'm looking at this a whole different way it, it happens to too many of us kevin right we, we, it really does we focus on the problem instead of the solution we, and then we focus on the cause of the problem instead of the solution, right? But and then we can't find a solution because we're so damn stuck on a, on a problem that it feels like quicksand. And then yeah. we start blaming ourselves and saying, well, this is what we get. This is what we always get. And that's not fucking true. I, I've never met my mother. To this day, I, I literally saw a picture of her uh, just like five months ago from my sister who then tells me, hey, did you know that you're also half Ukraine? But I thought I was only Puerto Rican Italian. Hey, dude, I'm a core. I'm 12 and a half percent Ukraine. Fucking Slav, brother. There you go. Fucking Slav, brother. Oh, God. Dustin, I gotta be honest. I don't know what that means, but. (laughs) He did a 23 and me. He did a 23 and me is what it means. Drew, when we're done recording, I want you to go to Google, Google images and search Slav squats. Got it. With like the the black track suits, sitting down, squatting. Got it, got it. But but I will. So then you have to be familiar with the the um, Ukraine um, mafia, right? I, I know about uh, much about mafias nope. as I do gangs. I'm more Italian. <laughs> nope. So if if we if you want to talk about Sinatra, I can I can go that way. But that's so so I, my mother's side of the family has real ties to to that to that whole uh, venture, and I found out through my sister. And she starts sharing with me. She's like, hey, we have people on that side of the family who want to meet you. And I'm like, no, I'm good. You're like, oh, shit. (laughs) And then and then she goes out there and she comes back with stories. And she's like, hey, um, it's probably good that you didn't go because they were telling us about one of our cousins who we've never met, who uh, was going down the wrong path with them. And unfortunately, they found her body in pieces in the back of a trunk in garbage bags. Jesus oh, Christ! Right, so this 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 is a real thing. The shit that you see on movies come from real places, right? Oh, and absolutely. It, it's scary to know that, like my biological father, who I didn't really have a great relationship with, he died at age fifty from uh, colon cancer. He was a big time drug dealer. My mother, well, she was hooked on drugs, right? And he would abuse her, and it was a crazy story. I, I look at all that, and I, I don't say. You know, I'm a victim. My life was hard. I didn't have all this. No, I said, fuck, my life sucked. I got to work on changing that shit, right? I, I am not a victim of my circumstances. I have the power to do something about this. I don't have to be the person who's like crying uh, in himself in a dark room. I could be the person who's outside living his life, finding reasons to be happy and smiling, right? And then when life really hit me hard was in 2019, when my father-in-law, my best friend, my actual father figure, he passed away from sarcoma cancer. 
And the reason why this had hit me harder than anything else, obviously my, my love for him and having an actual father in my life who had uh, um, a, ba- he had a, a master's degree and two bachelors. He was a perfect example of like staying on the right road. I never had that, right? He had like multiple real estate businesses. He had so many things going for him. So I learned a lot just from him. And then he had a huge heart. Right. Our whole goal was to help my wife's family get all her siblings from Paraguay over here, which this year we fucking succeeded. Hell yeah. Our whole family's here as citizens. That's just hard. That is extremely difficult. And and I made that promise to him that I won't stop helping the family until everyone is here, no matter whatever it takes. And it was a possible goal because it costs a lot of fucking money. You know what's happening with immigration and the the, all the government. It's It's insane. So bad. Insane. And then then on top of all that, when we were in the hospital every day in the hospital fighting this this doomsday, right? That was it was inevitable. He was going to go sooner or later. We lived every day better than the previous day. And I never left his side. My lady would bring my, my clothes. Or they would bring me food. The nurses and doctors, it was like, yeah, this is his son. You know, let him be. You know how you could only stay in the hospital for a certain amount of hours? No, I would tell them, if you're, gonna, if you're going to take me out of this hospital room, you better bring cops and you better bring the news. Because mm-hmm. everyone's going to get hurt. But the person who's going to be in the most pain is going to be my pop's. Because he's dying and he needs yeah. me next to him. So if you're going to pull me from here, you better be ready for a fight. And let me tell uh, you, I'm really good at taking a good hit. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, thank you so much, dude. I think that's that really brings everything full circle. Um, yeah. We really appreciate I, I really hate to like be, be the no, dude to pour cold water on all this. But we're going on two hours here. Like, I, I would love to talk to you all night. But thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. We really appreciate it. This has been honestly one of my favorite episodes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's been a blast. Right. Dude, this is this isn't gonna be the only one, I'm sure. This yeah. is gonna no, be, dude, be we, to do this again. There's gonna be part two, to, yeah. Three, three, four. four. Yeah, I, I got, I got stories. The stories. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. We got a right. I've got a nice penciled mark here for where we left off. So we pick right back up again <laughs> to where we left <laughs> off because Man, I've, I don't think I've seen Kevin as excited as he's been on some of this shit it's, tonight. Yeah, I'm sober, so that helps. Hold on, don't, don't, don't hit record yet. All right, but, no. <laughs> no, it's just the, the impact that you bring, it, it's inspri- inspiring, man. And just I like it's this. Thing, Dude, you. are you sure you're sober? No, it's 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 inspiring, man. It's like you hear about like just like the, the fact about your father, like that kind of like that that doesn't cut like oh dude, I don't even know. I don't even know how like I'm speechless, man. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I appreciate it. Drew, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. We we really appreciate it. Um final words, anyone before I bring us out here? Yeah, he said he we'll didn't talk prepare, to you soon. And look at that. Look at that. He said he didn't prepare and look at him. He's all over here. Mind fucking blown. He says he didn't. And he really did on all on all aspects. You just say, it, Kevin, it's fine. I got you. <laughs> all right, we love well, you, guys. Ben. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the, the wet down episode 47. Subscribe. If you have not yet, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a comment and a rating. Find us on social at the wet down 
Instagram, Twitter, Facebook to get updates throughout the week of all of our upcoming episodes and hear snippets of what we did in the previous week. Drew, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, have a great week, and we will see you next week for episode 48. Mahalo.